helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. In today's show, Michael will be using the biblical passage from Jeremiah 29, 1 through 10 as a backdrop for his topic, Thriving in Troubling Times. If you are new to this show, we are on the air every Monday at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization by going to elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, or by calling 1-877-544-3546. This is a listener-sponsored broadcast. So if you like this show, consider supporting us by making a donation to elimcounselingministry.com. Let's go right into today's show. It is so good to be in studio again to present you with another very interesting and important topic. Today's topic, Thriving in Troubling Times, is very applicable to the times that we are living in. So many people are struggling. So many people are finding it really hard to cope with what's going on with COVID, with their job situations, and even relationships are falling apart in this very troubling times that we are living in. But in today's show, Thriving in Troubling Times, I am going to be highlighting five very powerful principles that I have extracted from Jeremiah 29. And these principles will show us how we can respond to troubling times, to setbacks, and to to even catastrophes in a way that we flourish instead of falling apart. And for for the for as part of my text, or part of my text is Jeremiah twenty nine verse eleven, which many people know quite well. Jeremiah twenty nine and verse eleven reads as follows: For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And this is a well known verse. Of scripture, it has become the favorite of Christians across the globe. But 20 years ago, this wasn't a popular verse of Scripture because many people 20 years ago were using the King James Version. And the King James Version does not use the term prosper. It it talks about God bringing peace. And the same word shalom that is translated prosper by the NIV is translated, I'll give you peace by the King James Version. But this this interpretation by the NIV that says, I will prosper you, plans to prosper you, is very, is very captivating to people who are living in this era of the prosperity gospel. Because we see the scripture as promising us prosperity, promising us that it doesn't matter what you're going through, God is going to prosper you. 
But we need to take into consideration the context in which this verse was written. The Israelites were in exile. They were captured by the Babylonians. And they wanted a message from God as to what would become of them. And so they were expecting deliverance from their enemies. They were expecting a speedy return to their homeland. And this passage of scripture in Jeremiah 29 is part of a letter that the prophet Jeremiah wrote to the Jews while they were in exile. And yes, we know verse 11 quite well, but verse 11 is only a part of the broader letter, a part of the entire letter, and does not capture in essence what this letter was really about. And so many of us, when we interpret this verse of Scripture that to mean that God is going to prosper us and make us wealthy, or it doesn't matter what we are going through, God is going to come through like a, you know, night with shining armor and rescue us from it, and everything is going to be okay. Uh, this verse is taken out of context. And so for my text today, I will be zeroing in on Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4 to 10, that other portion that captures the essence of what that letter was really about. And yes, let me say a little bit more about the context. So I said before that the Jews were in exile and they wanted to know what was going to become of them. What did the Lord have to say? And Within that context, as we will see, as we see from the letter, there were false prophets that were promising that God was going to bring about a speedy return to the homeland. Yes, God was going to deliver them from these evil Babylonians and everything is going to be okay. Like some of the sermons we hear today where everything is always going to work out just fine and you will never suffer and you will never have an illness. And if you have an illness, it means that something is wrong with your faith. But this letter by Jeremiah, I'll start reading from verse 4. It, this letter tells us something different, and we'll get the context of Jeremiah 29, verse 11, if we look at verse 4 to 10. So let, let us read verse 4 to 10. Verse 4 starts as follows. Verse 4 to 10 reads as follows. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. 
They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. That is to their homeland, Jerusalem. So from that last verse, God says it's going to be 70 years. So just picture the context. There is this great uh, catastrophe, this great defeat that the Israelites have suffered. They are in Babylon and they want to hear a word from God. And these false prophets are saying, thus says the Lord, it's going to be okay. God is going to bring you back home. They're having dreams. They're, they're getting visions from God. And all of these visions sound so good. Good. It's what they want to hear. They're going to be returning. You know, the, 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 the verse 10, verse 9 tells us that they're prophesying lies to you in my name and I have not sent them. And that, that's not the part I'm looking for. It's a little further up than verse 9. It, it's in verse 8 where the prophet says, where the letter from God says, Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. And I find that very fascinating because what the, what God is saying that these prophets are doing, it's that these prophets are saying what the people want to hear. They're having dreams that the people are encouraging them to have. When you're suffering, you want to hear that it's going to be for a short time. I guess I am like that, and I guess maybe most of you are like that. It's human nature. If you're sick, you want to know that the sickness is going to be for a short time. You know, if you're out of a job, you want to know that you're going to be unemployed for a short time. And so the prophets were actually saying they were having dreams that the people wanted them to to have. And God is saying, slow down here. It's not going to be a quick fix. It's going to be 70 years. So just picture the shock when the people heard this letter. 70 years, they are going to be in Babylon. So in other words, many of the people who are there are going to die in Babylon. The generation of adults who are there will most likely not make it out of Babylon. So it is within that context that we have Jeremiah 29 verse 11, where God says, I know my plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I think maybe, I I hope I haven't ruined this verse for, for anyone who is listening today because this is not my aim. If you stay tuned and listen, don't turn off the radio right now. Don't start cursing and say that Michael, this verse is my favorite and he's now telling me something totally different. But what I'm telling you is biblical. Read Jeremiah 29. It was going to be 70 years in a difficult situation. Hence my topic for today thriving in troubling times because this is not a necessarily a bad news story. This is a good news story in some texts because within that context where Jeremiah is saying it is going to be 70 years in exile is actually telling the people through this letter how they can thrive even while they are in Babylon. And for for many 
times, many times the things that we go through in life, God is not going to take us out of those things speedily. We all wish it would be like that. Many of the most popular preachers preach sermons like that. You know, it's always going to be a short time. You know, God is always going to to do something miraculous. But this is not what Jeremiah was saying to the people. He's saying, settle down, build houses, plant garden, have children. Your children will have children. And it's going to be 70 years. But I think within that context, within that scripture that I have just read, there are five powerful principles that can be applied to any troubling situation. And if we abide by these five principles, the things that we go to go through do not have to break us. The things we go through do not have to cause us to end in despair. The Apostle Paul says we are troubled on every side, yet we are not in distress. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Cast down, but not forsaken. And there are some principles here in this passage that will help us to be overcomers in any situation that we might go through. And these principles are found in what I have just read. It's not immediately obvious, but I'm going to dig down deeper beneath the beneath these words and explain to you what these principles are. And so the, one of the first thing that Jeremiah said to the people who were in exile, and this is my first point, he said, build houses and settle down. And my first point is, when you're going through difficult situation, you need to have acceptance, not denial. Number one, acceptance, not denial. The false prophet were in a state of denial. They were saying, no, 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 our God is a, a great God. We are never going to be suffering in this way to these Babylonians, these these barbaric people, you know, these pagans. We are not going to be suffering here for long. Surely God is going to come through for us and he's going to take us out of this situation and we're going to be back home for supper. But Jeremiah comes on the scene and he says, settle down. It's going to be 70 years. Build houses. So in that statement in verse 5 of Jeremiah 29, where where Jeremiah in this letter says to the people in exile, build houses and settle down. He's saying, accept your circumstances. Don't be in denial. Accept your circumstances. Renowned psychologist Carl Jung says, what we resist persists. In other words, if you're in a situation and you're resisting and fighting it and and there is no way out, but you just keep resisting, I don't want to be here, this cannot be from God, you know, how could God have done this to me, I want out of here. This is the opposite of what Jeremiah is saying to the people. He's saying, settle down, build some houses, start digging a foundation. Start building houses in this pagan land because you are going to be there for a while. And so that's the first point, acceptance versus denial. There's also this 
author by the name of Mike Robbins, which says, Acceptance is not resignation, failure, or agreement. It is simply telling the truth and allowing things to be as they are. When we accept ourselves, others, and life, we can create a real sense of peace and let go of much of our suffering. When we are going through these troubling times, and we are resisting the situation and fighting it instead of accepting it, we're actually creating a situation of ill health and we are prolonging the suffering. Jesus, when he was about to go to the cross, he was going through his troubling times. He started to pray and he said, Father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. But remember what he said after that. Jesus transitioned to this place of acceptance because he knew the cross was the way that he had to go. And he said, Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Acceptance is surrendering to the will of God. So we find that Jeremiah, by telling the people to build houses and settle down, he's saying, continue living. Do not resist. Do not fight that situation because you are going to be there for a while. Do not do not deny it. It is part of God's plan. Build houses and settle down. And I know this is not a pleasant good news story for many of us who are going through COVID and we wish that the COVID was over yesterday and we have been told that we are going to be going through this until the spring next year before they come up with with a vaccine. Many of us are very troubled by that and we wish it could be it could be, you know, yesterday that there's some breakthrough. And but when we find ourselves in these situations where we go into this way of thinking that we are we we cannot accept where we are, we end up with depression, we end up with anxiety, we end up with all kind of emotional baggage and, and ailments. Whereas if we accept as Mike Robin says, if we accept, then we have peace and we let go of much of the suffering. So Jeremiah, God through Jeremiah is telling the people, stop resisting. Yes, you're in captivity, but I am there with you. And this verse 11 of Jeremiah 29, where God is saying, I have a plan to to prosper you and to bless you, wasn't a, pro- a promise that God was going to Take them out of their suffering. It's a promise that, yes, you are there, but I am going to walk with you. I am going to be with you in the midst of what you are suffering. Sometimes we expect that the answers to our prayer is going to be God is taking us out. But no, it's not always like that. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, Thriving in Troubling Times. Elim is a Christian counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. 
Donations help us provide counseling services to the less fortunate of our society and help us keep this program on the air. Back to Michael. One of the favorite passages in the Bible, Psalm 23, tells us that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's there with us and that he's there to comfort us. Yet we expect that we will never have hardship and that God is always going to rescue us. No, sometimes he's going to walk with us through those situations. He's going to be with us in those situations. And sometimes we might never make it out of the situation, but what he promised us is that he will be there with us. For many of these Israelites that were in captivity, they would they would their graves would be in Babylon. They would never make it out of Babylon. But God is saying, My plan for you is not to curse you. I have a bigger plan. You might not be able to see it, but I am there with you. So this is why Jeremiah In this letter, God through his letter to Jeremiah is telling the people, build houses and settle down. And so the first point is acceptance versus denial. The second point is hope versus despair. And this is in the second part of the instruction that God gave to the Israelites when he said to them, plant gardens. Plant gardens. When you plant garden, when you plant a seed, it looks like a burial. It looks like some you have lost something. You can't see anything immediately. There is just soil. Planting and burial looks very similar. When there is a death and there is a body put in the ground, there is no sign of life. When you plant a seed, there is no sign of life. But with the planting of a seed, there is hope. There is this implied hope that even though I can see the sprout right now, even though I can see that tree that is going to be there in the future, that is going to flourish and bring forth fruit and nourishment, I know that there is something taking place under the soil. And this is what hope is. This is what hope is. Hope is when you you can see something in the immediate, but you have this this faith that there is going to be a future state in which God is going to do something on your behalf. So by planting garden, it could be a figurative way of saying, you're going to be here for a while, but don't lose hope. You're going to plant some things and there is some some trees that are going to grow from that. There are things that's going to happen that you can't see right now. And so it's important for us when we are going through these troubling times that we do not lose hope. Hope is very, very important. And if you lose hope, again, it sets you up for all kind of ailments, all kind of mental illnesses, and many people even lose their faith as a result of the fact that they have lost hope. They can't see God doing anything in the midst of the situation that they're in. They can't understand why God would make them be in their figurative Babylon. And so they begin to complain against God. They begin to fight against the situation that they're in. But we are encouraged to have 
hope. So hope versus despair. When a person is in despair, it, su- it suggests that there is a total loss of hope. And this kind of despair leads to sometimes anger and uh, people give up. They stop trying and there is no more zest for life. They're, they stop doing things. They become, they become dormant in their activities. And as they become dormant in their activities, then what ends up happening is that depression takes root and they become more and more depressed and their conditions worsen. So by Jeremiah saying to the people, by God saying to the people through Jeremiah, plant garden, he's saying, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. There is a day coming when there, when things are going to be germinating, when there are going to be things happening that you can't see right now. And I feel like I'm speaking to someone out there who might be going through a time that, that makes it feel like it's a desert and that nothing good, no life can come out of that situation. All you can see is death and destruction around you. But God is saying, plant gardens. Plant gardens because life is going to come out of this situation. So this is what Jeremiah sent to the exile. There was death and destruction. Many of their relatives were killed and raped. And there was just death and dying in this atmosphere of hopelessness. But God is saying, it's like when it's a winter and you know that spring is coming. Plant a garden. Plant a garden. Because even in the midst of your hardship right now, God God is at work even though you cannot see it or feel it. And I think in our in our uh, society today, too much of our religion is predicated on how we feel and on what we see. True religion sometimes take act- acts of faith where you can see the situation looks desolate. There is nothing that is positive or happening around, but you can plant a garden in the midst of anything that you're going through. So God came on the scene through this letter and say, yes, everything looked desolate. Everything seems hopeless, but there is hope. Don't lose hope. Plant a garden. Plant a garden. And I'm saying to someone out there today, the situation that you're in may seem hopeless. This COVID situation might seem as if it will never it will never be over. And there might seem as if there is no future for you, but plant a garden. Figuratively, plant a garden is a way of saying, don't lose hope. Begin to do things that are the very opposite of what you feel to do. We can get this, this picture of the Israelite that that was the very last thing that they would want to do. When your relatives have just been killed and your houses have been burned and you have been taken by someone into a foreign country that you don't want to be in, the last thing that you would want to do is to plant a garden. But God is saying sometimes we have to act in faith. We have to have hope and we have to do things that we don't feel in the natural realm is possible. The spiritual realm op- operates in a totally different 
playing. And we sometimes can tap into that spiritual realm and bring things into reality in the physical realm by acting it out in the physical realm. So when you plant a garden in the midst of death and dying and desolation, this is a way of saying, I am not broken. This is a way of saying, I have not given up. This is a way of saying, I serve a big God and I have hope. Plant a garden. And so I want to say to to people who are listening today that I'm not trying to minimize what you're going through. I know this is hard. I know this is not something that comes naturally, but you can find that strength through God. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And so this is going to be a two-part show, I feel, because I still have three points that I have to cover here. So I've covered the two of the five points today. And if you have missed the first part of the show, I encourage you to listen to it on our YouTube channel because we will have the two parts put up there. And so if you have missed the first point and you wanted to hear more about how I elaborate on the second point, then you can go to our YouTube channel it's at elamcounselingministry.com where we'll have this show put up. We also want to remind you that we have over 200 other podcasts there for your listening pleasure and you can access those free of cost. But we also want to remind you that we're a non-profit organization that depends on your support to stay on the air. So if you haven't donated to us yet, we ask you to consider doing so by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com and making a donation. You can also donate through our Patreon page, patreon.com. And so next next week, we'll continue the second part of this show. Until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you.